Welcome to part two of the interview we did with Kim Yam. If you missed last episode, she's a survivor of the Cambodian genocide and now runs a bakery called DJ's Bakery in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Today, we're going to be talking about how she appreciates the life she built in America and her donut empire. Her answer about American dreams might surprise you, so grab your donuts and coffee and enjoy the episode. What do you think the biggest difficulties of going to a new country were? You know, when we first come to the United States, people are so nice. The neighbors, sometimes they bring a banana, sometimes orange, sometimes penny. I remember that. I remember we go pick up can, you know, and then we would take it home and smash it flat, and we ask the neighbor to help us take the can, you know, sort of can to sell it. I still remember that. 1979, can people so many at that time, you know, in the 70s, 80s? I don't see any anger when we was when my first came. Feel like a lot of support and people love us a lot. At that time, people were so kind. How was your family's living situation? Well, when we first came, we have seven uh, seven people in our family, and they rent us a house. That house was you, the government subsidized. You know, they give my mom some money. We used to supposed to live only five people, but we have seven. So every time when the landlord, landlord come to bedroom, two of us have to get away from the house. Yeah, I swear to God, every time I stay with mom this day. And the girl was here, one bedroom, the boy one bedroom, yeah. We just so thankful that we don't realize that was too small, you know, even one bathroom. Seven people, one bathroom, imagine that. But those days we don't know because we're so thankful, you know, when we come, we don't have this luxury stuff, yeah. I go look at the house, you know, I went back to San Diego and see how tiny it is. <laughs> yeah. So after you got to the U.S., how did you learn English? Were you able to attend school? Oh, yes. I, when I came, you know what? They put me in the fifth grade. Fifth grade and I didn't speak any English. I just sit there and then I remember my the second grade teacher, Miss Penn. She took us to the class. She talked to the principal. But we love to go to a class, she taught us English, you know. Anything we see, she would point, what is that? Make us remember, you know, like paper, table, chair, whatever. And that's how we learn English. And after school, she would take us to her house to learn English. I mean, at that time, everything we do was surrounded by school. And I remember my brother, I still remember, we ha- he had a vocabulary. He made us memorize. I bet it's 20 words a week. I have no clue what it means, but just write it. I swear that I repeat myself or write it. Anything, I just do that. We hardly have time to do anything. We don't play sport, nothing. All we do every day, eat and study again. Time to go to bed, you know. Was um, there a refugee community around you? Well, in San Diego, they does, but Growing up, my mom don't want to live in a community like that. She want us to learn the way, you know, life here. If you live in a community, it's nice to have support, but if you depend on that, you don't want to try harder. Mm-hmm. But if you live here, you blend it in. You cannot fit in the community. You learn how to do that. And my mom do that. I think it's the best thing. Because I remember there was a school, school bus in front of my house. 
They took you to the school. They have Cambodian translator. My mom said, "No, no, you're not going. You go to regular school like everybody else." And that make a difference. Yeah. That's how we all learn how to read and write English. Yeah. So a lot of immigrants come here with like an American dream. Did you have that kind of vision? Oh no, zero. <laughs> I have no. I just say I have enough food to eat. I'm done. Let me tell you the story. My American dream. It was an American dream. I remember when I first came to San Francisco. So there was a food cart donated by a, a Red Cross. They would serve refugee like cup of noodle, you know. And we don't have any money, no valuable, nothing to buy. I don't know the next day I'm gonna get the meal. I nobody explained to me. Me and my sister we keep going and gather up a lot of cup noodle. I still remember the noodle cup. We have a lot at that hotel because. We want to save, so I would go in there and gather food. Oh my God, that's about all we think. You know, that's American to have nothing fancy. You know, because we don't know grocery or anything at that time. No, when we first came, and you don't have money, nobody explained to you. You know, because you didn't speak the language. And my mom, on the fly from Thailand to here, you know what she did? Airplane food. She would keep it. She won't eat it, so she can give to us later. We don't know where the food, the next meal come from. So she would save all the bread, the dough, the rolls, everything on a plane, twenty-four hour flight. And you know now they will talk about it. Pretty funny, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Oh, let me tell you one funny story. My brother, he go to school. He didn't speak any English. Cafeteria one time. There's a kid. He. He order hamburger. You know he put ketchup, condiment, yeah. and mustard. My brother have a pie. He do the same thing. Imagine <laughs> because he saw the other kid do it, but he didn't know that was a half. You know, yeah. a savory and sweet. That's like now we talk about it. It's very funny. You know, look. So how did your family make a living? Well, first of all, my brother, when he he was young, he they found him a job, pick up trash at the beach because he didn't speak any English. He worked there for I don't know how many summer, and then when he learned a little bit English, he go work at Jack in the Box, fast food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember he always brought food home, and then he learned how to bake. A friend have a donut shop. My husband now, he have an uncle. He worked with an uncle at the donut shop. That's how he, my brother know him. You know, we grew up in the same town in Cambodia. They show my brother how to learn how to bake. That's how we kind of enter the baking business in San Diego. The family of seven finally settled into the small two-bedroom apartment, and the kids learned English from a caring second-grade teacher. They received all kinds of help and support from the community, but big changes were coming their way. They learned banking skills from their uncle to get on their feet, and eventually, the whole family got the opportunity to start a bakery in Michigan. How did you start your business in Michigan? Okay, this is how it started. We live in San Diego, and we just got married. You know, my husband baker in San Diego, just donut. 
My husband have uncle live in Lamonia. He have a donut shop there. My husband come to visit him. And then the, a supplier, donut supplier, told my uncle that there was a bakery in Dexter for sale. German, it's a German bakery. And that's how my husband and his uncle go look there. We saw that for a year. So he called us, let's move to Michigan because that guy for sale. We don't have any money. Bank won't lend us because we have no money. But before we bought the bakery, we go to help him for one month. The baker, the owner there, said he see us how good we are and he, he gave us a land contract and my uncle helping to co-sign us. And we borrow family a little bit money to put down so we can pay monthly, you know. And that's how we end up owning the Dexter Bakery. And then he taught my husband how to bake a lot of stuff. My husband just no donut, but he helped, you know, learn how to bake cookie, birthday cake, whatever, bread. We do a lot of stuff in Dexter, yeah, and pretzel and stuff, yeah. When Mrs. Yam moved to Michigan in 1993, she took over a 100-year-old Dexter Bakery. At first, many people doubted the authenticity of her German donuts. However, she proved them all wrong and her bakery was so successful that she spread a pinkney in Chelsea. In 2019, she opened her fourth bakery called DJ's Bakery in Ann Arbor. How many hours do you work in the bakery? Wow, now I don't work that much. I work about seven hours a day, seven days a week now. Before I work like 14, 16 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, seven days a week when we first start business. Oh my God. And I have three kids. I, I, now looking back, I don't know how I do it. When I first start the business in Dexter, yeah. I cannot do that anymore. <laughs> how do you feel about that workload? You know, at that time, I was young and I'm, I'm just grateful that to have a business to earn a living. I never think about the hard work. I was so excited I can earn money and pay off people and then pretty soon that's going to be my business. I don't feel sorry for myself work 16 hours, 14 hours a day. No, but I was so excited that people give me that opportunity. Grew up, I never have anything. You know, like now my reward that I have that, you know, anything I want, I can buy it. So it's very thankful on that one. Yeah. Do you have any future plans for the business? Oh no, just hope it to keep it up, do a good job. I'm a hand-on thing, I don't like slack. If I wouldn't eat, I wouldn't sell it to yeah. you. That's how I think. I don't want to overdo it and you don't do a good job, you know? Even my husband make the stuff, if it's something bad, I yell at him right away. My kid too, I tell him, not right, you know. I, I just don't know how to tell people what to do. Other people do and I don't see it, you know. I think I can do that. So, it's hard to, for me to yell at other people. <laughs> I just do it myself, you know. Because I'm very controlled. <laughs> yeah. So many people in the community love their donuts. What makes a successful business for you? You have to like what you're doing and do the best you could. You have, if you do something, make sure you know how to do it. Do it right. Don't have to be fancy, you know. Just do it right. Like everybody may know how to make donuts, but you don't do it right, it's not good donut. Yeah. 
and don't be too cheap. You know, you have to be in a reasonable. My theory, I don't want to buy something so expensive. Then you have to pass on to the customer. I don't do that, but I don't want something cheap that not edible. You know, you have to be in the middle. You know, you know. Sometimes, you, for example, there's a place they have cupcake. They sell cupcake. They sell like four or fifty a cupcake. I think it's ridiculous. You know, you probably go there one time. That's about it. You know, you're not gonna go there two, three times. You're flat broke. You know. See, I'm not like that. I want something reasonable. You know, that affordable, but have to be good. You know. Yeah. That's, my thinking, yeah, that's why I never be a millionaire. I will all be a worker. <laughs> I think like that, <laughs> but I'm happy, though. Uh-huh. happy worker. That's it. Yeah. See, anything you do, if you're happy, you're like, I come to work, I'm happy. I'm not stressed. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy. It. You have to like what you do. Like, when, what you wanna be when you grow up? I I wanna do journalism. Yeah. Right. Do the best you could. You're happy, and you? Same thing. Uh, I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's okay. But whatever you do, you do the best you could. Trust me, it will turn out. You may be struggle from the beginning, but you know, as you go, you get better. It really is, yeah. It's tough though nowadays to be a journalist. I know. Yeah. But do good, it's okay. Just try your best. Yeah. So, what were your initial expectations for your family and children? Well, I want my kid to have a good education better than me, and I hope their life is better than I am because they have so much opportunity here to do it, you know. They got to be better than me because we don't have a lot of opportunity. I, when I come to do business, half of my life, because we don't have anything, we borrow to make business money. If I want something, I have to do it myself because my parents don't have money. We don't have money. My kid don't have to do that because I save up some so they can just start my kid, you know, they, they want something I can give to them, but sometimes it's not good, you know, they need to earn. But I expect their life to be better than me, yeah. you know, be a good person, you know, yeah. the key, yeah. be kind, be good. Never forget where you come from. To this day, I never forget where I came from, you know, yeah. Were they involved in the business from the very start, your children? Yes, they, after school, my kids are very good, they come and help out. You know, we're like a small business. We can't hire a lot of people. So the kids help out. You know, they give me a break when after school they come in. They always work seven days a week. We make it, I think, because we're cheap labor. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, 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 you think about it. We work so many hours, you know. Yeah, seven days a week. We never have vacation. Well, only maybe Christmas we close. Yeah. Sometimes we close a couple of days, you know. So we hardly close pretty much everything. But we're thankful, you know, not at least I have the opportunity to have the business, you know, to have a life, to make life better. Yeah. Can't complain. Do you plan to pass the business on to your children? Oh, yeah. The kid right now, they work, they train, they take over a little bit. I can't let them handle the business side quite a bit. Let go a little bit, in other words. Not too controlling them. But I'm still there. <laughs> but they've been kind of... Maybe 30%. <laughs> Later on, hopefully, if they can do what I do, pass out to them. Do you have any advice for people like us? Yeah, you just work hard. Whatever you do, you have to like it. You know, mm-hmm. if you work hard, 
you succeed at anything. If you get an A on math, it's too easy. Go get another level. Don't stay in that because easy A no good. If you got a B, you try hard. It's okay. Like my kid, if they get advanced class, if they get a B, not an A, but they try hard, it's okay. You challenge yourself. Don't just because easy this. Later on, you're gonna what you know? Yeah, you do better. Like challenge yourself. Let me tell you a story. It, it's a true story. My daughter, she graduated from Michigan State from, uh, you know, she do research lapping. Mm-hmm. She didn't have experience. She go get a job. The first the company hired, you know, $11. Sunday go, she called me and cry. I said, Connie, don't cry. I asked, how big the company? She said, oh, big company. She thought she could make, you know, thousands of dollars, you know, you graduate. I said, Connie, don't worry. Knowing my daughter, she know how to work. Do you know in three months she get a raise like how? You know now she make pretty good money. See because you try hard, you work hard, you let people see it. If they don't see it, you work that hard, you think you better go change other job. You have the value set. Sometimes you don't do a good job, you expect they to get you a raise. No, you just make sure you know how to do the job, do better. Anything you do, like you want to be journalist, you do a good job. If that company don't see it, go find another company. Sooner or later, you're going to do it. But always do the best you could. Yeah, 100%. Any job. Yeah, and like it. Then Sometimes it's not about the money. If you enjoy it, you know, enjoy and do the best you could, no thing will come fall. Yeah, and I believe that. And always spend in your mean. No debt. No credit card debt. You want to go on vacation, save like $10, $20. By the time you go, you got enough money, you go come back, no debt. No, because nowadays, you know, a lot of people are dead. Along your student, they let you borrow it. You cannot get away with that. The rest of your life. They stick you for life. That's why. Yeah, remember that. They, that's why I think nowadays young people are dead like that. Spend it until you graduate, then they make you pay for it. Yeah. Even though you pay a little bit, but the interest is like, oh my God. So that's why, no, no, no. No debt. I, that's my advice. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, again. you're welcome. Not at all. Oh, I have a question. Have you ever read the book, um, The Good Earth? No, I haven't. Oh my God, you gotta read it. Don't watch the movie, read it. Okay, I will. This is, it's, the, it's a Chinese background. You know, you like it, old Chinese background. You read though. Make you cry and oh my god. My nephew in California, he sent me to read that. After that, and I write the movie, but I think the book better. The Good Earth, it's a story about a Chinese ancestor, you know, like in the old days, how the tree worked. But it's a good story, you should.